studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the latest conundrum roiling America is what, Sean? Uh, would you rather have uh, finger-sized legs or leg-sized fingers? <laughs> that's that's perverse. What? No, bring me the horse-sized ducks. <laughs> horse-sized ducks or duck-sized horses? I see. It's it's tough. There's there's advantages to both. I see no advantage to finger-sized legs. Well, is it isn't it? Would you rather have? Would you? Would you? Yeah, but getting gloves would be impossible. Would you rather have? 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Wasn't Bro, that put the uh, duck back. I yeah, think you're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. We need a new term. I'm sure one exists. For somebody who has been made an idiot by their ideology, they've gone so far down the road of some bent way of seeing the world, it makes them stupid. Or at least it, 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 it makes them do stupid things. Witness Lori Lightfoot of Chicago. I'm surprised she's the mayor. There's got to be a word for that already, doesn't there? But I don't know what it is. Radical. Dummy. 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 Maybe radical Uh, is it. Although, I don't know. There are some things was, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the the abolitionists were radicals of their day. Sure. um, And they were right. But anyway, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago is out of her freaking mind. She is uh, uh, way out front of the critical race theory equity woke police. And she made an announcement a couple of days ago on the two-year anniversary of her election. She uh, told, had her press office tell the the press only people of color could interview her. No white people would be granted interviews. I'm not making this stuff up. Lori Lightfoot defended her controversial announcement to grant individual individual interviews only to journalists of colors and blasted the city's media institutions for their overwhelming whiteness and maleness in an extraordinary letter What am I supposed to do about my overwhelming whiteness and maleness if I'm white male? Any more than what are you supposed to do about your overwhelming blackness? And being a woman, it's it's so I know Tucker was on fire about this last night, and I didn't think he was at all being hyperbolic or out of line referring to Nazis and stuff like that. This is crazy talk. This is craziness. If we allow this to take hold in the United States and start accepting this, I mean, because you're not hearing this story that much. People are okay with the mayor of the third biggest city in America saying, I won't talk to white people because, you know, how white people are. I mean, that that is just antithetical to our nation, to everything we believe. I agree completely. There's institutionalized racism in the media, so I won't talk to any white reporters. That's the mayor of a great, well, a formerly great city. Because your skin color carries certain... beliefs, meanings, actions, and there's nothing you can do about that. That's just part of being your color. That's all, the only thing you are is your race. That is the definition of racism. Yeah, yeah and, she's an evil person. Please don't ever use the term reverse racism. There's only racism. Right. There's racism, and this is racism. She's a racist. And right. there are tons of racists in the media and in Congress, and for some reason we've decided it's acceptable. It's weird, man. So let's start with clip number 40, Sean. This is Chicago reporter Mary Ann Ahern. Another reporter called and said, hey, I'm hearing they're only talking to black or brown journalists. And I said, what? 
I, I mean, it doesn't even sound real. And so I reached out to the communications director, Kate Lefferge, and she texted me back and said, yeah, that's that's true. She said, uh, no, white reporters have been uh, in the room for the majority of the year, and it's time to hear from other people. Alderman Ray Lopez has been fighting the mayor, partly because people are dying in his uh, his ward, and he would like her to do something about it as opposed to this this racist equity garbage. Let's play clip 43. The hard part was when this first came out yesterday, many of us thought it was a joke. You know, it was like a bad onion headline. You know, the mayor's only going to yeah. talk to people of color. White people need not apply. And whatever her point was in trying to highlight the need for diversity in media may be honorable, but it got totally lost in her messaging, in, her, in the way she was handling this, showing a clear disconnect between thought and action. And that has been the highlight of her two years. And I think it's very telling that as she's discussing two years in office, the ability to think and act has eluded her this entire time, as is evident by the controversy that she herself created yesterday. What does the mayor herself say? She answers in 42. Fear to debate, which is at the heart of our democracy, is not the same as using racist tropes and xenophobic rhetoric to promote yourself on the backs of others and demonize them. Ah, okay, so you're being a racist if you argue with her. Uh, One more clip from Alderman Lopez, 44. More importantly, she has spent an entire day trying to defend, articulate, and define what she meant yesterday. Meanwhile, just on my way to the studio, I've had two shootings in my ward alone in the last hour. Shootings continue in every neighborhood on Michigan Avenue. Yesterday, someone was shot another carjacking, none of that one is part of the discussion, except for the racist whiteness of Chicago media. You know, Jack, I think you made an excellent point. Um, That was an accident. To never use the term reverse racism. That's an idiotic term. Go to Japan. You'll find racism. Go to China. Go to Korea. Go Go to Saudi Arabia. Go to Nigeria. Go to Peru. Go to Mexico. You'll find racism. Racism is racism. It doesn't matter which direction it goes in. Just because we've had one particular kind that's got most of the headlines in the United States doesn't mean that's the only kind. It's, it's a belief, it's a dislike or, or belief in the inferiority or, or superiority of various groups. Or there's also the very natural feeling of being more comfortable among your own, which we're not, al- not allowed to be uh, honest about. Even as... Uh, if you are a person of color in the United States, you're allowed to have a person of color only meeting or dorm. You're allowed to insist on segregation. It's just it's it's a hall of mirrors, and each mirror is a different sort of hypocrisy. It's idiotic, and it's racist. Uh, you know Tucker was on fire. Jack, you want to play that clip? Sure. Why not? Clip forty-one. Of course, politicians can choose who they talk to. All of us have that right. Thank God. What politicians cannot do under any circumstances is an attack an entire group of citizens on the basis of their skin color. Again, to restate the obvious, that is racism. It is immoral. It is also illegal under countless state and federal laws. We are not supposed to allow behavior like that from our government. We are all equal in the eyes of the law. We are all citizens. We've got an entire granite monument on the National Mall in Washington promising that we will never behave that way again. We will never allow it. But because we've embraced equity, we're not simply allowing it, we are encouraging it. 
Lightfoot reeled off the diversity of the city's leadership, including its majority black and Latinx city council, using that ridiculous term. Called it unacceptable that most reporters covering City Hall were white. Quote, many of them are smart and hardworking, savvy and skilled, but mostly white, nonetheless. Making it absolutely clear the only quality that matters is the color of your skin in racist Chicago. I so, never thought I'd live to see these things. I, I, I really did not. I know. And so, you know, we'll keep our eye on these stories. And I don't know when being racist became okay, but it was sometime in the last couple of years, as long as it's uh, toward white people. And it, it's just a lot of the country just rolls over and is okay with it. Okay. I, I've heard that's anti racist, and I'm a sheep. Some so. sort of weird balancing the scales. No, racism is racism, and it's no good ever. Ever. You know what? I think I should probably be happy when something like this happens because these people are showing their true colors and the absurdity and the ugliness of their philosophy. I guess I should be glad that they're they're coming out and, and showing the true depth of their depravity. Sick. There was a lot of racism uh, in the South back in the day. Maybe you've uh, read about that. Um, Maryland has repealed its state song. We've talked about this, but it's now official. They no longer have their state song that refers to northern scum. It's hard to believe that the <laughs> lyrics of Maryland by Maryland included <laughs> included the phrase northern scum. Also called Abraham Lincoln a tyrant and a despot. Wow. wow what the, the, what's the whole line about northern scum? I, it's, it's, I'm from the north, and I don't appreciate it. I, I've been uh, to Maryland. I liked it. I was nice to people. I got to think it's one of those deals where you know the tune, but nobody sang the words. It's got to be one of those, right? People, kids weren't singing, and the northern scum with the despot Lincoln. I mean, they weren't singing that in school, and somebody just now caught on that, hey, wait, I'm not sure that's a good idea. It's one of those little sung fourth verse things. I don't know. Or maybe I they mean, don't Ju- sing it at all. Maybe Judy, and I, uh, Judy and Little D and I visited Fort McHenry. I found it a stirring experience. We stopped and got some delicious crab cakes. I hate to think, as we'd like to try the crab cakes, please, in a, in a Sweet tea. You got it, darling. Coming right back. Northern scum, she muttered as she walked back to put in the order just before spitting in my crab cakes. Uh, critics of the song called it outdated and out of touch. Okay. So there you go. Now I got new lyrics, I guess. Does Minnesota have a song that refers to southern weasels or slave trading bastards or anything like that? I don't know. But that's a step in the right direction. I do want to talk about the Friends reunion briefly. Because I have All a right. great point of disagreement with one of the uh, a national treasure that is Tim Sandoval. <laughs> a man who has argued in front of the Supreme Court. Yes. He one is, of the great is, constitutional scholars of our time. He is wrong about friends. <laughs> and you need to hear Matt, what Matthew Perry sounds like. And I haven't heard anybody address what's going on there. Just, uh, I've just heard people referring to it that he sounds not quite okay, right. Okay, stay tuned for all that. The test is ready. Rachel wrote Ross a letter and demanded he read it before they got back together. How many pages was that letter? 18 pages! 18 pages. Front and back! Front and back is correct! Wait, wait, go one more time! That's from me. So somebody tweeted out yesterday, the hashtag Friends Reunion trailer just dropped, and oh my God, it's a really big deal. 
So the uh, the Friends reunion, which has been talked about a lot in uh, in media circles for years, and at various times <laughs> it almost came together, but one of them would always not want to do it because they're all so freaking ungodly rich from that show. They right. don't have to do nothing. Well, what's the inducement? What's the right. incentive? But they all decided to come back together for a little reunion special that James Corden is going to be the uh, the MC of. And what is there? To, when did you say it, or Sean? Um, I'm not sure when it's okay. on the HBO Max. It might be available. Now. Oh, HBO Max. Okay, yeah. so you watch it on there anyway, and it's got highlights from the show. And uh, well, I'll, I'll read just a couple of things here, and then we'll have a brief discussion about it. Lori Lightfoot update coming up. Uh, John Ziegler tweeted out yesterday, how many of the woke media crowd who are celebrating the Friends reunion? And the Friends reunion is getting a lot of attention. I mean, I have the 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 like the morning TV shows on on the TV around here. I see your Good Morning's American Junior Today show and everything like that. Even the non-NBC stations are 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 featuring it a lot because it's one of the biggest things that it, that Netflix has or HBO or whoever the hell has Friends right now. Well, it's a Peacock Network now. I think they they yeah. got it back from Netflix. But it's highly lucrative, and it's just it's the sweet spot for the money demo. Is the most popular show in that demo that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of the woke media crowd who are celebrating the Friends reunion would be tweeting messages urging a boycott today if NBC had ever had a hit show based in New York City with only six very white, attractive, heterosexual characters? Probably some truth to that. But then our own friend Tim the Lawyer, Tim Sandifer, and this is the first time I've 100% disagreed with him, and I know he's completely wrong, and there's no point in even discussing it. Oh, no, I'm going to be caught in the middle of this. I just know it. Said, while Ziegler's right about this, any alternate universe in which such objections resulted in friends never being made is better off for it. <laughs> oh, my. Tim is just 100% wrong about this, and this is what I'm going to assume is the case. He's a radical anti-friendist. I'm going to assume that he, like me, because I joined like three seasons in, I'm going to guess that he, like me, thought six young, good-looking single people in New York, no freaking thanks. That the last thing I'm ever going to watch in my life. And then I had a girlfriend who started making me watch it. And it's one of the best things that's ever been put together. It's one of the best, um, uh, what do you call it when a cast has ensemble. ensemble? Yeah, It's one of the best ensemble things in the history of ensembles. For whatever reason, by picking a bunch of you know good-looking people, they just have a chemistry that just, you just can't be matched. Yeah, it's shows. like a band that really, really cooked. Just as a dramatic ensemble, they were terrific. And been, it was hilarious. I've been watching highlights the last uh, several days as they're advertising this French special. It's just other shows can't do that. I mean, the writing was great, but just the interaction was un freaking believable well and as a guy who just got done raising three uh, youngsters in particular two daughters my youngest little d is 21 now she and her friends watched every danged episode of that show and then they watched them again started again at season one i've never seen anything like that because it's hilarious that's why yeah. it's freaking hilarious anyway there's been some conversation and i watched a little bit of it yesterday uh, 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 courtney cox looks exactly the same Jennifer Aniston looks a little older. Uh, uh, Lisa Kudrow actually looks like she's in her 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who's the dumb one? The guy? Uh, Matt Joey. LeBlanc. Joey. Matt LeBlanc, yeah. Yeah. Joey. <laughs> you know, we liked Friends so much toward the end that Judy and I actually, we tried to hang with the Joey spinoff. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did, too. That's how much yeah. I missed Friends when it went off the air. I watched it so wasn't Joey. terrible. But, <laughs> but uh, Joey uh, is gray, but looks the same. Slightly bigger. Um 
Ross looks exactly the same. Like he just walked off the set. David Juice. Schwimmer, worst actor in the history of the world. Juice! Every week, Sean, this is long before you were on the show, every week we'd talk about Friends the next morning, and Joe would be disappointed that Ross didn't die in the episode. I'm not sure you understood what the show was going for. Joe is always disappointed that Ross didn't die last night. I called for the killing off of the Ross character every single week. Yes. Anywho. Like an AC window AC unit falling out of a, an apartment. Yeah, exactly. I didn't care what the means of it was, just so he died. But Matt LeBlo- uh, uh, Matthew Perry... Um, he uh, looked completely different and sounded a lot different. Here's a little of him from the... I stole the uh, cookie, jar, cookie jar that had the clock on it, and I gave it to Lisa Kudrow, because she, one point, looked at it and thought it was a real clock. Like Funny. siblings, I would say. Yeah. 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 Right. So that's just a conversation they have about, did you take any of the memorabilia from the set? He appears to have had a stroke, but I haven't read anything about it, and I'm surprised hmm. that they don't attach some news with that so people don't tune in and say, ah. What happened to Chalandler B- B- Bong, which was his name on his Reader's Digest? <laughs> or his TV wow. guide, Chalandler yeah, it Bong. Does, <laughs> it, it, it does sound as though something uh, neurological is going on there. Yeah, right? you know, yeah, I, don't, you know I, I don't lionize actors. I don't worship them. No. I don't give a damn what they think about anything. But, but I hope if you guys are okay. have a reunion special and everybody's going to want to see the old gang again, if one of them has a pretty major something happened, I would think you'd want to get that out there and prepare people for it. So they don't spend the whole show saying, what the hell happened to Chandler? Could you look any different? That's what I would say. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Coming up, which apps drain your phone's battery the most? That's worth knowing. Mm. That's worth knowing. Stay tuned. Yes, indeedy. An update on the ugly, racist Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago story. Hit us with clip 40 again, Sean. This is Chicago reporter uh, Marianne Ahern. Another reporter called and said, hey, I'm hearing they're only talking to black or brown journalists. And I said, what? I, I, it just didn't even sound real. And so I reached out to the communications director, Kate Lefferge, and she texted me back and said, yeah, that's that's true. She said, uh, no, white reporters have been uh, in the room for the majority of the year, and it's time to hear from other people. So uh, putting aside the extraordinary headline there, is the, the press lady's name Kate Lethargy? How am I not her husband? <laughs> anyway, I think it's telling that the reporter, that gal from a long line of lethargics. <laughs> um, it, I think it's telling that that gal, that reporter, was so astonished by it. She had a laugh in her voice. It was just so crazy. She couldn't comprehend yeah. it. That the mayor of Chicago would say, I'm only granting interviews to reporters of color. I cannot talk to any more white people. Anyway, uh, Gregory Pratt just tweeted, I am a Latino reporter for the Chicago Tribune, whose interview request was granted for today. However, I asked the mayor's office to lift its condition on others. And when they said no, we respectfully canceled. Politicians don't get to choose who covers them. Good for you, Gregory. Congratulations, sir. You are a... You're a man of wisdom and courage. The lethargies have been laying around this country for generations. Uh, Originally, we laid around Ireland, but uh, my grandpappy came over in the early 1900s and started laying around here. 
<laughs> the lethargies. <laughs> oh, it's time we got what was due us, but we're too tired to go for ourselves. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good stuff. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Scott Atlas, who is part of President Trump's advisory committee on the Chinese bat fever, I didn't always agree with him. I don't worship him. I think he's wrong sometimes, but when he's right, he's right. And he delivered an address at Stanford uh, the other day. That was transcribed, and I thought it was absolutely terrific, a lot of it. Did you hear that, some of you, who dismiss him as a complete joke because he's attached to Trump? Stanford thinks he's important enough to, to, to listen to him. Yeah, and he's part of the Hoover Institution sure. and the rest of it. And, and again, I don't know. I, I, I worship almost no human beings, and I almost say almost because there might be one out there somewhere that I'm so admiring of, it comes close to worship, but I don't I don't worship and I don't demonize. If Ibram X. Kendi were to walk into the room and say it's supposed to rain tomorrow, you probably want to grab a jacket, I'd say, oh, thanks, man, I appreciate it. I just, I don't, I don't have the, the tribal fever that a lot of people have, but anyway, having said that. Umbrellas are a white construct. I do... Uh, appreciate Scott Atlas's independence, and uh, I'm going to share with you some of what he said. Uh, he's talking about the, the the COVID and the crackdowns and the rest of it. First, I've been shocked at the enormous power of the government to unilaterally decree to simply close businesses and schools by edict, restrict per- personal movement, mandate behavior, and eliminate our most basic freedoms without any end and little accountability. And Second, very I- little pushback. Exactly. His next point. Second, I remain surprised at the acceptance by the American people of draconian rules, restrictions, and unprecedented mandates, even those that are arbitrary, destructive, and wholly unscientific. The crisis has also exposed what we've all known existed, but we have tolerated for years. The overt bias of the media, and, and uh, you know, curiously in this case, the, the, the obsessive, the adolescent anti-Trumpism of the media, to get back to Ibram X. Kendi and the weather forecast, if Trump told them, you know, uh, in, for every uh, action in, in nature, there's an equal and opposite reaction, they'd say, no, there's not! No, there's not! If Trump were to say gravity pulls objects toward the Earth, they'd say, no, it doesn't! I mean, just it's bizarre, knee-jerk, you know, reactions. Anyway, uh, the overt bias of the media, the lack of diverse viewpoints on campuses, the absence of neutrality in big tech controlling social media, and now more visibly than ever, the intrusion of politics into science. Ultimately, the freedom to seek and state the truth is at risk here in the United States. And then he spends several sentences uh, fully recognizing the horrific consequences of the Chinese bat fever. The millions of deaths around the world, hundreds of thousands in the United States, the pandemic uh, paralyzing our country, um, how we didn't prevent hospitalization and deaths when sometimes we had the opportunity to. And then he says, here's the unacknowledged reality. Almost all states in major cities, with a handful of exceptions, have implemented severe restrictions for many months, including closures of businesses, in-person school, mobility restrictions and curfews, quarantines, limits on group gatherings, mask mandates, etc., etc. Um, and that the, most people complied pretty well. But then he gets into the actual outcomes of those mandates, and they are worth detailing to you in a moment after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, award-winning home security going to keep you and your family and your stuff safe. Maybe it's your workshop. You got, you know, $50,000 worth of tools you need to protect. Simply Safe's a good idea. That's a pretty good example right there. And how good is it 
Simply Safe is so good, it's been declared the best home security of 2021 by U.S. News and, and a number of other uh, publications that look at this sort of stuff. See, when an alarm goes off, a person who cares is there for you with a phone call to make sure you're okay. And when an emergency happens, a person who cares is there for you by getting the fire and police responders to your front door right away. And if you're just having trouble setting a thing up, which is pretty easy to set up and only takes about 30 minutes. But if you're having trouble with that, there's somebody who can help you with that right away. Yep, and there's no long subscription or anything like that. It's better in every way than your traditional security system. So visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system. You get a free security camera. It's a 60-day risk-free trial, by the way, so there's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You get that free security camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. All right, getting back to the Scott Atlas stuff. He says, and this is this is completely nonpartisan. He makes no claims in here that are seriously debatable. I'll just tell you that. All legitimate policy scholars should today be openly reexamining policies that severely harmed America's families and children while failing mostly to save the elderly. He quotes a trio of uh, Stanford University's infectious disease scientists. Uh, I'm just going to call them the big three. Um They've shown the mitigating impact of the extraordinary measures was small at best. And according to the study's senior author, usually harmful, in his words, pro-contagion. Think about sending everyone inside. Don't go to the park. You have to wear a mask if you're jogging outside, which had the effect of people going and saying the hell with it and going inside. Um, President Biden openly admitted their lack of efficacy in a speech. They quote him, bizarrely, though, many who want to blame those opposed to lockdowns and mandates for the failures of the very lockdowns and mandates that were widely implemented. Separate from their limited value in containing the virus, efficacy that's been grossly exaggerated in scientific journals, lockdown policies have been extraordinarily harmful. And here he gets into the stuff we've been talking about for months. The harms to children of closing in-person schooling are dramatic, including poor learning, increased school dropouts, social isolation, most of which are far worse for lower-income groups. A recent study confirms that up to 78% of cancers were never detected due to missed screenings. That's a pretty stunning number. Well, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, that's the missed screening. If one extrapolates to the entire country, up to a million new cases or more over nine months will have gone undetected. That health disaster adds to missed critical surgeries, chemotherapy, organ transplants, presentations of pediatric illnesses, heart attack and stroke patients, too afraid to call emergency services and others, all well documented. Beyond hospital care, CDC themselves reported fourfold increases in depression, threefold increases in anxiety symptoms, and a doubling of suicidal ideation, particularly among young adults college age, after the first few months of lockdown, echoing the AMA reports of drug overdoses and suicides. And an explosion of insurance claims for these psychological harms in children just verified this doubling nationally since last year. And in the strictly lockdown Northeast, there was a more than 300% increase of teenagers visiting doctors for self-harm. And he gets into domestic abuse, child abuse, skyrocketing loss of jobs, uh, um, hundreds of thousands of abuse cases never noticed, et cetera, et cetera. If I was going to bottom line this, I don't know, Jack, if you have a different bottom line. I would say, and, and, and we didn't get a real test case of this in most of our lives, losing your liberty 
has enormous costs. You might not know in advance what they're going to be. You need to defend liberty for its own sake. Just because you can't envision, well, what will this loss of liberty cause? I can't think of anything bad. No, just defend it reflexively. I I am not confident that there will be a good... um you know, final chapter summary of this at the end. No, I think most people who are deluded will come out of it as deluded as they were. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's going to be a good, here's some lessons we learned. Don't don't keep kids out of school unless it's absolutely mandatory. You know, the next disease, the virus that comes along, could be fine for adults, but worse for kids. You don't know. Don't know. The, yeah. the great flu of uh, 1918 was the health, the healthier you were, the more likely it was to kill you. So it was killing 25-year-olds in the prime of life. Well, that's a completely different thing. Right. But we had the information pretty early on that it wasn't really damaging kids, yet we kept schools closed all this time. We had information pretty early on it didn't spread outside. But you banned outdoor dining. I mean, it's just... And, and like I said, I don't Police think... tape around the playgrounds. But there are... Yeah... But there are some of us who are talking about this, but I, I don't think there's going to be a final chapter or a final conclusion that's going to do us any good. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure most people are paying attention to this or know this. No, and as Scott Atlas points out, the uh, efficacy of a lot of the crackdown measures grossly exaggerated in the media. And oh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit you're wrong, you know, in life. But if you were wrong to the point of causing a horrific tragedy. Among children, all the suicides, the miscancer, all all that stuff. Nobody's going to admit to that openly. And you know who the nobody is who needs to admit to it? Most of the government, the CDC, virtually the entirety of the left lemming media, your state house, your governor, well, your local TV anchor. I would like to think that if you had the same disease come back, same similar sort of disease come back, and the government tried to do this again that the that the you know the population would rise up and say uh uh-uh. uh you know states like california states that really michigan states that got really shut down no 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 we've been through this before we saw florida and texas end up with the same number of dead people and sick people we're staying open kids are staying in school but i don't think that's the case i think it's the other way around i think it comes back people lock down even faster that's depressing and other countries did it a lot better, too. Ch- uh, Japan with their three C's policy, closed spaces, you know, close gatherings, blah, blah, blah. The next time, throw the windows open and go play outside. You don't need a mask. Don't worry about it. Everybody go play outside. Uh, Unbelievable. We'll t- tell you about the apps that are draining your iPhone the most. Um, we got a couple of China stories that are really interesting, um, as always. And troubling. They're uh, really getting into the cryptocurrency thing because they realized, hold on, this thing's becoming big. And now the United States is going to have, you know, the market cornered on yet another part of economics. Nope, we ain't going to allow that to happen. And a social justice warrior who got bitten a hiney by the very pit bulls she unleashed. Oh, no. Love it. Love it. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, I've seen 
the stories. I haven't looked into the legality of it or if it means anything. Several Oregon counties have voted to secede to Idaho. Have you followed that story? Yeah, I just saw the headline. D- does legally have that have any power of an? No, no, no. Virtually every state, uh, the ones I've looked at, because I've looked at it, the whole state of Jefferson movement in Northern California, for instance, you can vote to su- to secede, but then the state has to allow you to. The state has to say, "Go ahead." I would think in some cases. If you're a, a, a county that's really outside the mainstream of your uh, state, they'd say, go ahead. Yeah, Why I guess wouldn't if they? that would ensure maybe you could have a supermajority in the legislature if those stupid, stupid rural Republican counties yeah. were to leave. But right. in the case of Cal Unicornia, they already have a supermajority, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the uh, the conservative counties get no say. So here's a story that's not really... And people in San Francisco control how people in you know the, the mountains live. I'm not sure there's any more to this story than um, than gossip. There's a little bit of the real politic of uh, politics, just running for office, just shows you how crass it can be. But uh, do you remember this moment from the debates? It was probably the moment of presidential debates of the last, I don't know, however many years. A little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. (sighs) Drama. Why that made such a splash, I have no idea, because she was factually wrong. Nobody agreed with her. She was. She, it was. It was dumb all the way around. It was dumb she was on every level. Of, trying to call old Joe Biden a racist. Well, apparently that's what Jill Biden said because this story has just come out. Jill Biden said Kamala Harris could go f herself after famously questioning her husband's record on race during a Democratic primary <laughs> debate. Beautiful. The future first lady fumed to supporters after Harris, who uh, you know the, the little girl was me. We just played that for you. Um, Apparently, at a speech with supporters right after that, she got up there and said, uh, I can't believe that she questioned my husband after all these years of standing up for this. And, you know, Laundry listed his black credentials and all this sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. said, Kamala Harris can go. F herself. Nice. And everybody stood up and cheered and everything like that. Come on now. She said that out into a microphone in front of a crowd. Well, interestingly, the Democratic primary voters told her the same thing. She didn't even make it to Iowa. Apparently, during the debate, when they went to commercial break, Biden turned to his fellow candidate, Pete Boot Edge Edge, and, edge, said, edge, they say. and said, that was some effing BS, <laughs> using the actual words. <laughs> Just to give you an idea how shallow and stupid the whole politics thing is, because that was effing BS. I mean, it absolutely was. That was a st- why that I I don't know. We'll we'll be talking about that debates next time around in like three years of how the the moments and debates everybody points out as being important aren't actually important. Right. But and then she like ends watching up, an episode of the Real Housewives of Washington D.C. or something like that. Somebody gets off a line, really just owns the other. D- be enhanced chick. The breast implanted false eyelashed painted lady. Oh, 
Oh, except it doesn't matter. None of it does. It's just a performance. And then she gets picked to be his vice president. I mean, that's just unbelievable. It just shows you how crass politics <laughs> is, because that was what's going to help him the most, not because it was the person he liked the most or had the most respect for or anything like that. Or the most able or or, or the second the, the person who the primary voters liked almost as well. No, no, he's a white guy, so you got to get a wait a minute. She can claim to be Asian and black and a woman. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Super. Um, how much China controls the Internet in China and to a certain extent for the rest of the world? We'll talk about that in hour three of the Armstrong and Getty show. If you don't get all the hours or you miss a segment, you can go to, always go to armstrongandgetty.com and pick up a uh, part of the podcast. Yeah, or wherever uh, podcasts are downloaded, it's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Oh, a nice companion piece to that might be a, a great uh, great thing I saw on the incredible compromises Apple has had to make oh, to that. become a titan in China. Yeah, that's going to hurt me because I'm an Apple stockholder and I have lots of Apple products because I absolutely love them. Well, you know, you you could go into it judgmentally if you want, because I think there's plenty of room for that. Or just look not, at it. Not, as not a... if you've convinced me, I'm going to smash my iPhone under my boot heel right here. That'll be exciting. Let's videotape that and put it online. Um, you got to lower your ideals of freedom if yep. you want to suck on the warm teat of China. Well said. Uh, <laughs> so we can look at it, though, as a, a business story, an ethics story, a human rights story, a, the, the, the future of America, what this is going to look like as we try to uncouple from China, if we can. It's a, it's a complex stew. I'm paying $1,000 for my iPhone now. What will it cost if they don't use slave labor? I mean, come on now. That's an excellent point. If you make them in Texas, what's an iPhone going to cost me? Three grand? Could be something like that. In this segment, Jack comes out in favor of slavery. (laughs) (laughs) Catch the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.